Please turn to the book of Proverbs, chapter 29. You might get hot. If you have good news and bad news to give, I don't know about you, but I'd rather get bad news over with first. Wouldn't you like to end on a good note? <clears throat> this is the day we have designated as Mother's Day. Now there may be some in the middle, but many of the experiences I've had, you either have some in the one type, some in the second type. Obviously, the Lord would admonish and I would encourage you to strive your best. If you're a mother, the Lord willing, someday you'll be a mother. It would be my prayer. That would be what you would aspire to. <clears throat> you will never read a more honest and accurate book about the human condition than God's Word. Amen. Folks like to sugarcoat some things or sometimes people put a damper on things. But God has just the right balance of encouragement and exhortation to speak to us. Sometimes we're guilty of getting up and this is a good scripture. But you know what? There are no bad scriptures. There might be some that step on our toes more than others. Proverbs 29 <clears throat> might even be politically incorrect in some circles, but God's Word stands forever. Verse 15. The rod and reproof give wisdom but a child left to himself bringeth his mother to shame. Now there's a lot in the scripture about how we ought and ought not to be. But there's so much in Proverbs. If you can just find Proverbs, that's near the middle of your Bible. The scriptures I want to point you to this morning are going to be based therein. Now a study about motherhood can, if we look upon lives, the experiences we've had, the input that we've made, could be one of regret, <clears throat> but hopefully it'll be one of rejoicing. <clears throat> My experiences as a classroom teacher have caused me to get some insight into some mothers and how they do and don't do. My experience as a pastor has given me some insight. And yes, I did spend some time in prison. You knew that. I was a year and a day at the Pine Bluff units as the chaplain. I usually like to let people know that. Because what kind of a 
we got something to us after all. And I'll tell you what, it's one thing when a little fella, a little gal feels neglected by their mama. It's another thing when a church member feels neglected, scorned, turned aside by their mama. But I'll tell you what, when Dante had his illustration of the prison that is hell have a masthead to say, abandon all hope ye that enter here. I've had men come who are incarcerated. They might not miss their brothers and sisters a whole, whole lot. Maybe they don't care too much about other folks, but they care about their mother. Many times the chaplain would call someone down to the chapel. And when you're called down to the chapel, it's always sad news, it seems like. And I had a fellow, he's kind of smirky and snarky about things. <clears throat> and he came down and he said, <laughs> I wonder why you called me, because last time you called me, my father died. <laughs> why did you call me? It's a place to stay. The smile disappeared. And I said, I have some very sad news. Not my mama! I'm afraid so. And the man who is so proud, so big, so bad, so bold, he cried like a baby. Because losing your mom. For those of you who don't have their mamas in this world anymore, I can sympathize with you. I've spent the last few Mother's Days without mine. But I have memories. Cherished, of course. There's a wise old saying that says, as the twig is bent, so goes the tree. Like I said, there's a sad side. Not just sad for people in general. It's sad for the mothers. And that's what I want to talk about first. I think of the regret that comes when a woman looks back and realizes her life has been not engaged in the advancement and the nurturing of her child. <clears throat> Neglecting a child's time, their talents, their special needs. Paul emphasized in the first letter to Timothy that a godly woman is to guide the house. Dad might be working from dark to dark. He might not have the input. He might not have the ear. He might not have the awareness, but the mother. One of the things Paul tells Timothy in the second letter, there's a time coming in which mothers will be, among others, without natural affection. 
I want you to know there's a lot of heartache when you confront the results of an irresponsible raising, maybe we should better say rearing, of our children. Go back to Proverbs 17 with me, please. And on the way, stop off at chapter 10. Because the Bible doesn't pull any punches. The mother who does not take seriously her great, her fantastic responsibility, which will influence not just today, but generations to come. <clears throat> the 10th chapter of Proverbs opens, A wise son maketh a glad father, but a foolish son is a heaviness of his mother. I wonder how much grief sons and daughters have caused the one who gave them birth. And as I said in the 17th of Proverbs, verse 25, a foolish son is a grief to his father and bitterness to her that bear him. This is God's word, folks. I didn't make this up. But it is very sobering when we realize the great responsibility that mothers have. They say the hand that rocks the cradle rules the world. That's not an exaggeration. I read where there was a famous painter of Spanish descent. And he says, my mother told me, son, whatever you do, you're going to be great. And she said, if you become a soldier, you'll be a general. If you become a priest, you'll wind up the Pope. And then he said, well, I wanted to be a painter, and I'm Picasso. Makes you think. A word fitly spoken, the Scripture says. The mother who can get in just the right word, just the right time, just the right way. Now, there is a word. We say sloth. In England, they say sloth. Means the same thing. You're not very industrious. You're not the eager beaver. You just kind of take it low and take it slow and don't want to get too excited. Proverbs 10, verse 5 says, He that gathereth in summer is a wise son, but he that sleepeth in harvest is a son that causeth shame. And not too many things sadder than the mother who has to make excuses for a son or a daughter who just doesn't, isn't there, just doesn't care. <coughs> if you go to the 30th of Proverbs, verse 7. Now this is pretty graphic, folks, but it's the truth. Proverbs 30, verse 17. The eye that mocketh at his father and despiseth to obey his mother. Some people would say, ain't no big thing. That's not what God's word says. The ravens of the valley shall pick it out, and the young eagles shall eat it. Ooh. God's not fooling around when he says, you better take seriously. When mama speaks, you better listen. If you don't like it, you better 
learn to like it. You've got to learn to appreciate the mother that you have. I wonder how many mothers have grieved at their children's run-ins with the law. And if that sort of course is not abandoned, how many mothers will visit their errant children in prison? Maybe even get a notice that they're to appear for the execution of their child. Cause and effect is found throughout the Word of God. Also in Proverbs 30, <clears throat> verse 11, there is a generation that curseth it their father and doth not bless their mother. You think we're in that generation today? I'm afraid you're right. I'm afraid that's exactly so. In the 20th of Proverbs and verse 20, whoso curseth his father or his mother, his lamp shall be put out in obscure darkness. And Sunday school, see how Sunday school helps me? We talked about we are called to be the light of the world, but to have a light put in obscure darkness. You talk trash to and about your mama, God help you. You need to slap up the side of that head. You need to get straightened out. You need to take seriously your responsibility. God wasn't fooling around when He said, Honor your father and your mother. What's your plan? Put out in darkness? I would thank God. You go to chapter 28 of Proverbs, verse 24. Whoso robbeth his father or his mother and saith, It is no transgression, no big deal. They got it. I can get it. After all, I get it later anyway. I was getting it a little bit earlier. Don't think that way. Don't take that tack. The same is the companion of a destroyer. It does make a difference how you think, how you feel, how you talk, and how you behave when you are told to honor. Going back to the 15th of Proverbs, this time verse number 20. About keeping all these in Proverbs, don't mean we don't get as much exercise sometimes. Proverbs 15, verse 20. Well, it talks about the wise son in the first part. It says, A foolish man despises his mother. Seems like the older moms get, the more grief they can have as a result of trash talk, trash treatment. In Proverbs 23, verse 22, Hearken unto thy father that begat thee, and despise not thy mother when she is old. When she's most vulnerable. Many of her friends are gone. Perhaps her husband, perhaps her children are gone and you might be the only one left. Despise you not. 
Now, somebody thought it was funny a few years ago to make a movie called Throw Mama from the Train. That's not funny. That's disgusting. But that's how far our culture has gone. We despise the young while they're still in the womb. And we despise the old when they cost us something. People have the other, I've got things to do and places to go and people to see. Why should I go and visit in a rest home? See that mama? She probably isn't listening. She probably won't remember. She won't know. The Lord knows. The Lord sees. important we remember that. When parents are in their great need, a wicked child will just leave them hanging. Leave them in the lurch. God calls this a shame that brings reproach. In the 19th of Proverbs verse 26, he that wasteth his father and chaseth away his mother. Get away from me, mom. Leave me alone. I don't want to be seen with you. What a shame that someone would take that tack. It says that's a son that causeth shame and bringeth reproach. Now I won't ask you to turn there, but I guarantee it's in Matthew and Mark. It tells about the men who had a little deal going on the side such that they don't have to honor their mother and their father because if they, quote, gave it to the Lord, it's out of my hands now. Mark 7, 11. They even have a word for it, korban. A man, a woman sees mom and dad and they're destitute. You know, mom, dad, I love that. Take care of you. I, I guess I could make room for you, but you see, it's not my house anymore. I gave it to the Lord, so that's just that's just the way the ball bounces. Tough luck, eh? Shameful, shameful. And of course, as we saw in our text, the twenty ninth. In verse 15, a child left to himself bringeth his mother to shame. Moms, if you don't invest in your child now, down the road, you might not have those connections. Now, there was a fella in my youth that wrote a song about, called it The Cats in the Cradle. It's about dads, but it could be true about moms as well. You don't have time. You don't have a care for your child now. That's going to come back and bite you. That's all I want to say about the sad news, the sad mothers. I want to talk to you about glad mothers. Because what we do and what we say, what we fail to do, what we fail to say, has consequences. Everything in this life has a price tag. Everything in this life. If you spend time and money and energy and attention on a thing, you invest in somebody, you invest in a cause, that will pay off. If you have the attitude, eh, it's 
somebody else will take care of that. Or, so what if that doesn't get done? Better bloom while you're planting. If you still have a mom in this world, you better show her that you love her, that you care for her. Moses was used of God to remind the people, be sure your sin will find you out. And in Galatians 6 it says, Be not deceived, God is not mocked. What you sow, that's what you're going to reap. God's not fooling around. And um, Billy, didn't you read Proverbs 22, 6? Yes, sir. Train up a child in the way he should go. Usually, as far as time is concerned, that's more mama. Mama spends the time. If mama doesn't have time for that child, he might just be left to himself. And it'll come back to bite that mama. It'll cause her to be ashamed. You know, mamas don't invest in their kiddos from day one. They are at a disadvantage. Usually not long before people say, <clears throat> that kid's mama should have taught him or her. They get in school. I wonder what kind of childhood this child is having. People kind of wonder. Did your mama teach you not to? Such and such and such and such. It has a way of coming back. Now God gave one commandment, don't have any other gods. He gave another commandment, don't make any other gods. He gave a third commandment, talking about your time committed to God. And then the fourth commandment, He said, honor your father and your mother that your days may be long on the earth. The child that starts out trash talking and talking back to mama it's not that much of a step before they're talking back to the policeman they talk back to their drill sergeant how's that working out for you you fellows who spent time in Uncle Sam's Army or Navy or Marine Corps Coast Guard or whatever how does it work out for you if you talk back hopefully you didn't but Maybe some doofus in the group smarted off. But you know that it doesn't end well. It's important for us to keep these things in mind. And in case you didn't catch it in Exodus, in Ephesians 6, Paul says, Children, honor your parents. This is the commandment with a promise. If you disobey, if you dishonor your parents, we're talking about mamas here today, God promises you're going to pay for that. It will cost you. And one of the things about sin is sin will cost you more than you want to pay and keep you longer than you want to stay. Ought to take that seriously. God promises wisdom for those who take His Word seriously, who don't listen to the counsel, the comfort of their mothers. 
Proverbs begins. Chapter 1, verses 8 and 9. My son, hear the instruction of thy father, and forsake not the law of thy mother. Do you stick them in the broom closet? Do you bury them in a hole? Do you put them in a trunk someplace and forget about them? No. Keep them front and center. They shall be an ornament of grace unto thy head and chains about thy neck. Go ahead a little bit to chapter 6, please. Because what your mama has taught you that is godly, that is right, that is proper, don't let it go. In one ear, out the other. They should be rehearsed. They should be reviewed. They should be repeated. They should be retained. Chapter 6 of Proverbs, start at verse 20. My son, keep thy father's commandment, and forsake not the law of thy mother. Bind them continually upon thine heart, tie them up thy neck. Kind of like what we just read in chapter 1, isn't it? But there's more. When thou goest, it shall lead thee. Somebody's paved the way by helping you out. If mama told you, son, daughter, keep your eyes open. Watch out for. Look for opportunities to overcome evil with good. Instead of saying, think only of yourself. Step on everybody else like a bug if you can get away with it. When thou goest, it shall lead thee. When thou sleepest, it shall keep thee. And when thou awakest, it shall talk with thee. If you don't have your mama to whisper in your ear today, did she speak into your ear when you were a child and those words come back to remind, to refresh, or to haunt? For the commandment is a lamp and the law is light and reproofs of instruction are the way of life. And of course the first part of the text speaks to that as well. Important that we be diligent. It's not a question, you know, I told my mama I loved her once. We had the blessed opportunity to be involved in the wedding yesterday. And it's great. It's the great hope to see a couple committed to each other before the Lord, making vows of faithfulness anticipation that as God gives life, as God gives breath, as God gives opportunity, we'll be thankful to Him and for Him. Going back to the 10th of Proverbs, we're reminded of diligence. He that gathereth in summer is a wise son. Where did they learn to get to their chores? We have a generation today in which if a teacher said, boys and girls, did you do your chores this morning? They go, chores? What's that? Ask them, did you get an allowance? Oh yeah, I got an allowance. I remember something Brother Heath said years ago. I think daughters may remember this. I think he told me that one of his kiddos asked do we get an allowance? And he said, what? Pay it for being my kid? <laughs> I remember, 
put clothes on your back, food in your belly, and a roof over your head. We sometimes think, I'll take anything I can get. And I don't mind asking for more. Not too proud to beg, whatever they might say. Now, there's an interesting passage in Proverbs 22, verse 29. And, you know, preachers have a way of drawing from a lot of different sources. After I finished school, oh, by the way, I didn't mention, we also have two of our ranks, but I don't think either one over here, who finished their associate's degree. If you have an associate degree, would you raise your hand? How many? Just three with us? Thank you. Four? Thank you. Thank you. I can't do that. I don't have an associate's degree. That's just the way it goes. So, we recognize that. We're thankful for those who can put in the time and finish your program. But in Proverbs 22, 29, <clears throat> after I finished some of my education, that occasion, not because it was a signed text, but just because I was told, you ought to read this. I read the autobiography of Benjamin Franklin. Now, Benjamin Franklin was not a preacher. He probably wasn't a Christian but he was exposed to a lot of Christian ideas and ideals. But he had a godly father. And he would often quote to him Proverbs 22, 29. Sayest thou a man diligent in his business? He shall stand before kings. <coughs> he shall not stand before mean men. And by mean that it means the ones don't have too much to brag about. When Ben Franklin, who was not eldest in his family, toward the caboose end, his daddy would quote that scripture to him. I think his daddy probably was a Christian. Seest thou a man diligent in his business? He shall stand before kings. His dad would tell him that, and the back was, yeah, yeah, sure, sure. Well, he grew up, and he got into business. By the time he was 40, he was able to retire so that he could donate the rest of his time, the rest of his life, to public service. Now, he was a stinker in a lot of ways. You might have to lock your women up if Ben Franklin came around, to be honest with you. Even as an old guy, he was a skirt chaser. But... For what he did that we're thankful for, we don't have him on a hundred dollar bill just to take up space. He finally wrote in his autobiography basically words from my experience for my son. He's writing to his boy. And he said, When I was a kid, Dad was always quoting this verse. He shall stand before kings. And I thought, all right. Here I am in this colony called Pennsylvania. Like I'll stand before kings. But in service of his country, he stood before the king of France. And he stood before the king of England. That's two anyway. And so 
as he's writing to his studies, well, what do you know? <laughs> In my case, anyway, that's, that's for real. If you diligent, if you listen to what has been told to you. Go to Proverbs 28, please. You know, the son who's a scofflaw, who wants to see how much he can get away with, and not long ago, my dear wife and I were talking to a fellow, you know, I'm surprised they didn't just lock me up and throw away the key. My mama never knew some of the stinker stuff I did. You know, that's not something you want to brag about. We mess up. But we don't want to be proud about it. Proverbs 28, verse 7. Whoso keepeth the law is a wise son. Now, I've been in prison, but as a chaplain. And we've taken three of our kiddos, right? But never did I have to go in to visit them. When, uh, was it Andrew that Brother Hampton took to? Paul? What grade were you when that happened? They took you to visit the jail. Sixth grade. Sixth grade. And it was basically a, kids, don't let this happen to you. That is a sobering experience. When you think you're 10 foot tall and bulletproof, you're just a wild child. Nobody's going to tell me what to do. And then you find out the long arm of the law can get you. Watch out. We should also be thankful for the lessons learned of the mother, mother's knee. I look in the scripture and I think of Jacob while his elder brother Esau was out hunting and carousing. He, he listened to mom. And I think about Moses whose own mother, even though she was essentially in slavery, the Lord so worked out the circumstances not only did she get to be with her baby, but she got paid for the time. God has an interesting way of working things out, doesn't he? We read of a woman named Hannah who was thought to be drunk by Eli. He saw her mouth moving. Woman, you've been drinking? No, I've been praying. What are you praying for? That God would give me a son. If God would give me a son, I would give him back to the Lord. He said, Lady, go home. The Lord's heard your prayer. And the Lord gave her that son, and we call him Samuel. A great example from the Old Testament. He was a priest. He was a judge. He was a prophet. He was the whole enchilada. What? For this child, I prayed. What how many hours mamas have spent on their knees on behalf of their children. And then Paul of the New Testament commends the mama and the grandmama of Timothy. Be thankful, son. They showed you the scriptures. They were part of the solution in your case. The last chapter of Proverbs is credited to a fellow named Lemuel. Now, I could be wrong. I might have read the wrong books, but 
some scholars think that Lemuel is just another name for Solomon. It's in the book that bears Solomon's name anyway. How does it open the 31st chapter? The words of King Lemuel, the prophecy that his mother taught him. If you're the type of son and daughter says, ah, my mom doesn't know anything. She can't teach me anything. Really? You better think about that. You better realize the blessing that you have. Drop down to verses 8 and 9. Part of that training was this. Open thy mouth for the dumb. That doesn't mean people aren't too bright. It means people can't talk for themselves. They can't speak up. You can. You ought to for them. We just heard a song about the fellow who saw the man who's blind. Or another who is crippled. And what do they say? When I get to Hallelujah Square, I'll have my eyesight. I won't need a crutch. But you see, perspective has an awful lot to speak there. Open thy mouth of the dumb and the cause of all such as are appointed to destruction. Open thy mouth, judge righteously, and plead the cause of the poor and needy. There are people out there that get kicked in the teeth. And if you just look the other way, shame on you. You're not part of the solution. You're part of the problem. And I won't take the time to read it, but you read verses 10 through 31. It talks about the virtuous woman. She's a lot, got a lot going for her. Why? Not because of her looks. Not because of her jewelry. Not because of her makeup. But because of what's on the inside. Excuse me. A godly mama might not say it, might not show it on the outside, but she grieves when a son or a daughter makes thoughtless, foolish decisions. I mentioned Jacob. Jacob had a brother named Esau. And he went out and married a couple of wicked local women. Wasn't wrong that they were local, but wrong that they were wicked. And Isaac and Rebecca. <laughs> so they called Jacob and whatever you do, don't do like your brother did. You know Esau did when he heard about that? He went out and married a third local woman. Again, it's not a problem that she was local, but she was not spiritually hardly where it ought to be. But if respect is taught in the home, and it's the woman who guides, the mother who guides the home, what is the result? Peace, respect, rejoicing, and honor. Proverbs 23, 15 and 16. My son, if thine heart be wise, my heart shall rejoice even mine. That's a mother's heart. I'm happy when you're doing God's will according to God's word, in God's way. God, I invested in you, son. Daughter, yea, my reign shall rejoice. That means on my insides. It's not just on the outside. From the depth of me, when thy lips speak right things, 
Now, if son or daughter come home and they say something really stupid, mama might not give it the face palm, but she's not really happy to hear that. When, they, when you speak the things of God, when you show respect, when you show that you've got good sense and you act that way, all that time, all those prayers have a way of paying off. That makes for the glad mother. Dropping down to St. chapter 23, verses 24 and 25, the father of the righteous shall greatly rejoice. And he that begetteth the wise shall, shall have joy of him. I'm so proud of my boy. He might not be the tallest. He might not be the strongest. But he's the bestest. He can do it. He's there. I can count on him to do as God would have him to do. Thy father and thy mother shall be glad, and she that bear thee shall rejoice. Going back to the 29th chapter, verse 17. Correct thy son, and he shall give thee rest. You know, if there's some nagging problem, uh, pardon my using the colloquial. But if your kid is a twerp, work on it. Talk to you. If your child is a whiner, speak to him or her. If they don't have a good example anywhere else, be the example that God has called you to be. Can we know that? Can we show that? Correct thy son and he shall give thee rest. Yea, he shall give delight unto thy soul. It might be painful now. You know, we are reminded that correction, it, it's not a fun thing. I never said, whoopee, when mom or dad says, come on, it's time to get the power. I'm going to take the belt or the switch to you. Uh, first time I heard that, oh, what's that going to be like? You will find out. We'll get to the bottom of things. And they did. I didn't enjoy it at the time, but I'm so thankful for the investment of time and interest showed by a mother and a father. I want to close with Proverbs chapter 4, verse 3. What does Solomon say? I understand where I fit in the grand scheme of things. In the family, I wasn't the papa coming up. I wasn't the mama coming up. I was the king. I told this to Marcia many times. I hear, being the oldest of three boys, I hear mom and dad say, what are we about the kids about this? What are we about the kids about that? One day I walked in, what are we going to do about the kids? He said, what do you mean? You're one of the kids. <laughs> That's right. I got out of my place. It's important to remember. What does Solomon say? I was my father's son, tender and only beloved in the sight of my mother. I guarantee you, there might be times when you feel like nobody else is in your corner. I can tell you as a teacher, as a pastor, and as a chaplain, usually the last one to give up on somebody when they've been going down the wrong road 
Here's their mother. I think God had a good reason to put these verses in the Bible. They're the kind of verses that if they weren't there, you probably would wish they were. To be reminded of the jewels that we have. There was a woman in the Roman Empire. Her name was Cornelia. And Cornelia didn't have a whole lot of money. She had a father who really distinguished himself in some of the wars, but Cornelia herself, she was not the society lady. One day one of the society ladies came to visit her. And because she came in with all her jewels and all the other things to array herself. And she sat down with Cornelia. And she said, Cornelia, where are your jewels? And Cornelia called in her two boys and said, these are my jewels. Those boys went on to distinguish themselves. And they acknowledged that their mother had invested in them. You may remember a president, he's on the $5 bill and he's still on the penny too. He once said, all that I am, or ever hope to be, I owe to my godly mother. I hope you can say that. I hope you can know that that's so, so many times. I hope I've given you something to think about. Because we can hold this Mother's Day. Brother, can we have a song?